Booyaka Booyaka Shaw, welcome back to another episode of If You Can't Handle the Heat. Presented by Addison, it's your boy G Swizz. To my left here, Jokesy, my brodo. Jokesy, how we doing, brother? Doing good. That's always my run out. I point to the fan section. Jokesy's on one tonight, huh? It's tonight late night. It's, gonna, it's a later night podcast here. So. Headache, Joe. Headache, Joe. So you have massive headaches. Yeah, I've just been sick for like over a month, and I just get random headaches. It's not fun. Start drinking some, start drinking some water, man. Let me see, loopy. Some and uh, Dr. PZ's. Some ooze exactly. juice. I just drank some ooze juice. Hey, take one ooze behind you. Take one behind you, Joe. Take ooze one juice. Take I have some in here. Let's take one behind you put it in. Ooze um, juice. With that being said, all the way in the south, southernmost part of Europe, we got the Micah Ma'a. Uh, in Turkey, how we doing, brother? What's up, boys? Um, obviously, if anyone's been anywhere on social media or in the news or whatnot, they've seen that Turkey was hit with a pretty extreme earthquake and uh, a lot of casualties, a lot of fatalities, and just overall destruction um, right now in that part of Turkey. And uh, Mike, I know you're obviously living in Turkey. Can you kind of give a little update? Because a lot of people are asking about you and the league and, and kind of what's going on. Yeah, so luckily uh, our team is safe. We were at home in Ankara, which is about seven hours uh, away from kind of the epicenter of it all. Um, We're kind of in the center, and they're kind of in the southeast uh, part of Turkey. And so some guys were were here and felt the earthquake, um, but there was no significant damage done in Ankara at all. But... It was a like a, a devastating earthquake. Like for me to hear about like some stories and what's going on there, it, it's 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 a tragedy. It's really really bad. Um, it's worse than from what I hear. It's worse than what you can see on social media. And um, yeah, you know, I I won't. I don't know how much to share. You want to be respectful of people's privacy. We have some people, we have a teammate that's from there and that went home and is experiencing um, a lot of loss. Um, we have another opposite that went immediately just to try and help. And um, everyone the next day on the team, we the foreigners, we didn't really understand what was going on because we, we had an off day and everything was being sent through audio messages. And so you can't really translate it as easily. And we didn't really want to get in the way. And so, but a lot of guys were just doing as much as they could possibly do on the team. Almost all of them were out, out and about trying to package stuff and send things. Um, but apparently like 7,000 buildings have gone down. Um, I'm not sure how many confirmed, but from what I've heard from the Turkish guys, they think it's, could be north of 50,000 um jeez which is just like it's just insane and we will we, probably never know how many we'll just have how many mi- are missing but it was a ter- yeah it was a terrible terrible day for sure for for Turkey and for the rest of the world as well but specifically for for the country of Turkey and so those are like speculation numbers i i picked up from from conversation in the locker room and from the turkish people's experience with earthquakes which they've had before and just from if 7000 buildings go down and and there's 10 people a building because it was also in the morning um 
and that's 70,000 right there. And you'll, you'll never know how many they're trying to get as many people as they can out, but it's our, it, it has been three days. It's it, at one point it was minus 17 degrees there. So it's really cold, oh my God. um, which doesn't help. Um, yeah, I've, I've just been in the locker room just hearing a lot of things. And, um, like I said, I, I'm not claiming any of this to be fact or anything like that, but just, just giving, I guess, from the Turkish perspective and the knowledge that they have from being around people that are there and talking to people that are there helping. Um, yeah, they think it's, it's, they think it's really, 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 really bad. And it is really, really bad. If you see the videos and to think that it, it's worse than that, it's really, really gnarly to hear. I'm using a lot of reallys, but yeah, there's nothing really else to say about it besides that it's, it's a tragedy and it's a really sad day for sure. There was also a uh, a second division team that their building went down and I think a lot of them are missing and, and some of them were found um, that passed away because they live in the same building. Um, and so volleyball community is definitely feeling that a lot of people have played with those guys and and knew a bunch of those guys especially the younger guys because a lot of times those guys are younger guys um and so that was really sad to hear and luckily from what we've heard the team that was from there from the first division um their bus driver actually made a mistake and because he took the wrong road they were about an hour late and they would have been in they would have been home as well. And so, yeah, they were just really lucky that the bus driver, it's just random things that you never know, but that could have been really bad as well because they would have been right in the thick of it as well. So there's a lot of people trying to help. I know a lot of countries have sent a lot of help. Turkey has sent a lot of help. I think it's all hands on deck, but they're trying their best and hopefully they can save as many people as, as they can. It's now been, I think three days um, since it happened. It happened Monday morning, I believe maybe Monday morning. I think Monday morning it happened. So I'm not sure how, how, how long, you know, they, if you're trapped underneath that you could, that you could make it, but I know that it's probably, with every hour that goes by, it's a little bit, a little bit worse. So they're trying their best over there. Yeah, that's something that's not easy to. I mean, going to practice the energy. Like, I mean, what's the energy like? Because I feel like just tragedy all around you. Just something like you said, so terrible happening, and you're trying to keep a ball off the floor. You know, at the end of the yeah, day, yeah, 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 like some perspective. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I think from my experience, sometimes with with difficult situations, different people um, can kind of need different things. For me personally, um, I wasn't, I don't know as many people. I, I mean, obviously it's terrible, but these guys really knew people, you know, and so I think it's different for them. But whenever I was in difficult situations, my the best thing I could do was go and play sports and I would go and play, pick up basketball or do something like that. And so, so to some people, I think it, it helps because other, otherwise you're just in your home all day, just thinking about this kind of stuff. 
and that's when sometimes it can get worse. Uh, obviously, it's it's not like you're going to be having a blast, right? But at least you can kind of have an escape and something to do that day that kind of takes your mind off the situation and and uh, doesn't allow your mind to run as much and kind of sidetrack yourself to get through it. So I, I don't know personally from the guys um, if it's good or bad or what that really is like. I just know from my own experience that when that kind of stuff happens, sometimes it is nice to have something to take your mind off of because the rest of the day you're just sitting around thinking. No, I get you, man. Especially when you guys go in a Champions League and you're playing for something, representing the Tur- uh, the the country of Turkey. I mean, that, that's that's so much more to play for. That that win is so much more bigger than maybe it was before. So, represent something bigger than yourself is always, you know, extra fuel and it's just kind of something when you go into big matches. It really helps because you realize that there's much bigger issues going on if you represent that group or something going on and you know do your for best sure. for um, sure and all sports were canceled for two weeks for people that are wondering what what it looks like for the league um and so we have a two-week delay i'm not sure what it's going to look like moving forward but that's the information we've had um that's a that's from the government actually so gotcha. yeah we're, we're going to be down for a little bit got you well i'm glad you're okay i'm glad the team's okay um, we wish nothing but the best for the country of Turkey and and, and recovery and and uh, for all those loved ones who who lost someone. Um, their prayers and condolences. Uh, with that being said, here I want to kind of <laughs> pivot here to uh, the main subject of our podcast here, and that is Mikey yelling at his cat. <laughs> What's your cat doing? What, what is it doing? Wait, could you hear that? I thought I muted myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I could hear it. I could hear it. You could hear <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, we heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? I thought I muted myself. This whole time. You thought that was a mute button? I don't know what you thought it was, but... Oh, my bad. This. Oh, um, no, you're fine. This cat's eating my chicken that's on the stove. <laughs> also, pause. We're inside the bowl, so... That's when I decided to not let it happen anymore. Oh, man. Um, One big thing that... All right, let me rewind here for a second. So my brother and I, uh, we've been listening to actually to a lot of Mr. Beast. If you don't know who Mr. Beast is, he's the biggest YouTuber on the planet and, you know, video creator on the planet, 100%. Um, revolutionized the game, over 120 million subscribers, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on and on. He has multiple companies, Mr. Beast. And we listen to him on these podcasts and whatnot, talk about media and everything. Um, when you're listening to a guy like that, you can only kind of take it into your own, you know, world and try and apply it to your own world um and one thing i kind of want to talk about was kind of the volleyball media in the media and volleyball obviously eventually we're going to talk about our system in our media and and whatnot and stuff where you want to change um but also kind of they got me thinking about the volleyball media and i want to kind of go down and by club level by by college level by pro level stuff that i think um, it's doing really, really well, stuff that needs to be improved on, and just kind of our overall thought process on it of stuff. And a few notes written down here. Um, I just want to start off with this statement here, and that is whenever volleyball media is brought up, the biggest problem 
that is brought up and that people say, and the biggest mistake, in my opinion, is that people are always, this is always a statement. Oh, volleyball needs more coverage. Volleyball needs to be on ESPN. Volleyball needs this. Volleyball needs that. That, that. Yes. Are you right? Absolutely right. 100%. Is that going to happen anytime soon? A lot more volleyball on ESPN. A lot more here. Yes, on certain, on certain uh, college matches, yes. But And they're talking about pros and talking about all this stuff. The problem is, okay, how are you going to fix that? You know, do you know but, but they're just going to say, oh, this is the problem. People need to work with the resources that they're given. And I think that that's why you see basketball has always been in the, in the, in the limelight. Is, but there's so many niches of basketball and there's so many cool things about basketball on um, social media that they just use. They didn't need ESPN. They didn't need all these other stuff. And I think that the biggest mistake people do is they, they that's their directing. Oh, it needs more coverage. Needs more. Yes, it does. You're right. But we can all do our part in that without having ESPN now, without, without these billion-dollar industries help. And I think everyone kind of plays a part in that. Um, and with that being said, volleyball media is at all-time high, I do believe. I mean, I don't know about you guys. You guys consume a lot of – I would say, it, like, from when we were younger, would you guys say that it's, like, at an all-time high in terms of uh, – Yeah, like I think that's for every sport, though. Yeah, I think every, in, every, relation, in relation to, uh, like, what it used to be, no. But obviously with the – social media and just how much stuff is streamed yeah it's better what do you but mean no? I, th- I think no like also. i think the coverage of it in comparison to other sports it used to be closer to other sports and as social media and all the streaming services or whatever has come the gap is widened but obviously everything is getting better but i think before volleyball's coverage in comparison to like the status quo was higher, especially that, on the beach. Do you think it's got it's gotten way worse on the beach for sure? It's not that it hasn't yeah. caught up; it's just gotten worse. I don't know about what worse because, like I said, I think everything's gotten better. Like technology has obviously advanced, and everything's becoming more accessible. Mm-hmm. But I think that vo- beach volleyball, especially, was like at a certain period was way bigger and the coverage was way better and in comparison to other sports it was like it was up there yeah so you're gonna say something no i was just gonna say i think but like every sport's gonna be better right now i was just gonna say this like we're never gonna get to a point where like oh it's worse off like especially on content media and something that requires creativity people are just going to continue to get more creative and how they can do stuff especially with the formation of ai and everything now mm. and what people can do with that uh but i i, I know what you were i think i know where you're heading with your direction of questioning i guess um because in volleyball they don't spend like they get professional clubs professional clubs on college teams, they don't spend any money on media and social media at all, and they don't create a market for themselves, and they don't create a brand around their teams and everything, and then they expect their, you know, TV programs to pick up matches for just teams that have no market value at the end of the day. No, I completely like re- agree, Gage. I thought that also is really well thought out and like, really well said. No, 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 you go no, no, no. like you go on TikTok and you see every NBA player and obviously like NBA's had a way different got teenage stage kids right now hype videos every but every single player you see is on there and so when people see him on TV it's like oh I see that kid all over social media but 
if you go, if they were to go stream a Champions League match right now on a major U.S. channel, even volleyball players, most volleyball players would not be able to recognize most yep. of the players who were on the court. Like last year's championship match, finals match in the Champions League between Trento and Zaxa, I would be surprised if most volleyball players could name a single player, including like Eric Choji being on the floor. I would be surprised if people could pick out and name I don't know, a single player. Plus thousand TikTok followers. I totally get it, but I'm just you're, if we're talking about in the U.S., which you said, like people complain all the time. Oh, we need more access to professional matches and all this. I'm like. I I just there's not a market there's no market there for it. I don't think that's my my statement isn't that. No, your statement. Need more. Ad. Let me try. Let me try. My Mike, statement, you try this. Yeah, yeah. Joe. Okay, my turn at it. Because I think I, I agree with what I think you're saying, but I don't know if this is what you're saying. For me, and I think all of us, we get frustrated when people are like, ah, oh, you know, I should be this or I should be that, and it's just like, okay, what can you do about it? You know. And I feel like Gage is saying he's frustrated because. People are immediately saying like, oh, we need ESPN to pick us up. And it's just like, okay, but that's like, what can we do? What are the steps that we can make towards that? And what's the things that we can like do on our own and try and like build us ourselves up instead of just sitting here doing nothing and just expecting somebody to come save us, somebody big to come just slap us on ESPN. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I feel the same. I get, I've, I feel like that's something that we, we can get frustrated with in general about people in general that they just even like all the time I get mad at people that are like, Oh, you know, I want this car, or this, that, or I'm like, dude, like you got to do something though. You can't just get it. You can't just get it. Cause you want it. Like you have to actually yeah. work towards it. And so yeah. I think that what you're saying is very spot on. I think people just want a huge place to pick us up and it doesn't necessarily need to work like that. And we have the ability now to, do things on our own and, and make it become at least even more likely that those people are seeing us and want to bring us on instead of just staying in the same place and expecting them to come down and help us. We could help ourselves there. Dude, you know, it would be something interesting, an event that just popped up and I don't even know if this is in line with anything, but like soccer teams are, you see this happen all the time with soccer. Obviously it's just on a whole nother level, but something out of system idea. And we're saying this Don't live away though, Joe. I know, but doing uh like a grand champions cup of like top clubs to come into the U.S. like every single year in the preseason they come over because you always see soccer clubs do this where they come over and they play like exhibition matches, but go over there and play like a couple of the top clubs. You know, you pick four teams, and you just play round round. You pick a city in the U.S. Maybe it, you start off with just one city. You go play. Um, the top clubs in the world because nobody ever gets to see club volleyball. That's one thing in the U.S. they have no idea about. You know, you go over there and then you see you see national teams and a lot of people watch national teams and VNL and stuff, but nobody's seen like, for example, Zaxa or any team where or uh, Zenit Kazan where you have like an American with you know it's just all the top players playing on one team, and they don't really get to experience that or have an understanding of that whole world. And that could be something that's really unique and cool. And help to build the European market and just the volleyball market in general as a whole. I don't know. I that just popped up in my head, but like stuff like that. That's the, the soccer is obviously they capitalize on everything. Like it's the biggest sport in the world, and so they have the money for it. And they Barcelona, Manchester United, every single year, Madrid, Bayern, all the major clubs come over to the U.S. every single year, and they go on a tour. 
and they build their audience because they know the U.S. sports market is the largest sports market in the world because that's where like that's the amount of money is, and so um, and they've really capitalized on that. And I'm sure they, you know, there's other reasons behind it for why they're doing it and stuff. But for them, like they've they're getting in front of the American audience and everything, and people now get to see them live, and then they go follow them for the rest of the season. No, you're you're completely right, but I think the message. I guess person that I was trying to send was, or the thing, I think that, like, your everyday listener, let's say our listener, is not going to be able to get those teams to go there. I think it's what can we do individually. Like, that, that's I think what you're talking about, out of system, or are you talking about I don't, yeah, out of system? Every single person in the volleyball community. I'm talking about, like, if you were, if you were at home, just everyday kind of person, kind of person, kind of thing. I think what's nice about team. it that I've is, been seeing recently is that, like, volleyball is starting to become cooler in some aspects, yeah. in some like cultural ways. And I think building that up is really important because I think when we were younger, it definitely was not cool. And it was kind of a girl sport and looked down upon from other athletes. And I feel like by also incorporating other athletes into it, and like growing the community outside of us so that they can see it and be a part of it and also realize like certain things about it. It's starting to gain a little bit more of that traction among the volleyball or athletic community. I think it's also like from people like even like Curry or like even people that are tied to volleyball through other people. And this is a big part because women's volleyball is so big, but I think it's starting to become a little bit cooler in some senses. And I think TikTok and Instagram do that. And I hope we can continue to build that out and bring people that aren't normally in it to it to just see it and then realize like it's pretty it's a pretty interesting sport. And that's a pro transition kind of why I kind of want to take this and talk a little bit about club volleyball because if we are talking about inspiring people to play volleyball, obviously, yes, if you're older adult, it's good. But if you want to kind of really build something – revolutionary and evolutionary you need the youth right and i think if if you're a club listener a club director if you're involved in the club scene any way shape or form if your club does not take instagram especially tiktok social media seriously you are way behind the curve and i think that if if you're not like really delving down for example someone who does the best the best at it is beta bay Beta Bay is obviously a club in Northern California near our area. They were the first ones to kind of get on the train of uh, of TikTok. I don't know if you ever have you guys seen them on TikTok at all, mm-hmm. or seen them on Instagram or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. And they what they do differently, and now you see Balboa Bay, all these other SoCal clubs. But what Beta Bay does something differently is that they're obviously these other clubs they post more their clips and stuff like that, which is good and everything, and it shows cool plays and showcases their players, but. They also get a personal connection. They get mic'd up. They do all this kind of other stuff where you kind of get to know if you like them or hate them, like what they're kind of all about. And I think that if you're a club and you're not taking social media seriously, you are not going to get as many kids. Because at the end of the day, kids just want to see themselves on camera, you know, and they want to be part of a cool community. And I think that they showcase that. And I think that's something that if you're a club director and if you're really looking at kind of improving something or your player – Suggest that. You need to take social media seriously. Dude, nowadays, also, college coaches talk about all the time how they found a kid on social media. And so having a social media platform, like, also helps your kids at the end of the day because 
college coaches are on social media. They're all over it. So yeah, it's free so, advertising for clubs, people, yeah. just in general. It's profile. Yeah, it's it's like profiling for your student or for your athletes as well. It's like it's a way for you to showcase your student athletes and get it out there. Um, there's multiple reasons why it's so important. The thing, and you don't have to be somebody who believes like like the direct. That's the thing is I think the directors, some like the more old school directors. There's against social media and the whole movement. Yeah. You don't have to be a part of it. You just need to have somebody who does it for you. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need to be like it doesn't need to be you running the account or anything. Just hire, hire a social media person. Exactly. And you can get them, yeah, part time. They just work on just show up to the events, get a bunch of content. And I think that and I think that another thing that they can add to youth volleyball in general, high school club. But if you're teen of teenage level or maybe maybe even a little younger, um, also taking. I always talk about basketball because I think, in my opinion, they have the most hype videos and whatnot. Um, a page on a basketball book, and like you said, it's it's getting bigger and TikTok and getting better and whatnot. It's making it's being cooler in the youth community, but with the, I think it needs a little more hype. You know what I'm saying? And that comes with kind of making and you kind of bring this up earlier, but making a brand out of a guy, out of a kid. And that's what basketball does so well. They create one, I think they start, need to start making mixtapes for high school volleyball players and club volleyball players and putting it on YouTube and making it sick. They and you need like a prodigy it. that's kind of like followed along their journey. Like Exactly. There's exactly. always those prodigy, even in boxing, they yes. create like these prodigies that are like been training since they're like four years old. You guys would have been perfect at that. Cause your dad is just <laughs> drilling you guys, and those videos would be so good to see. Like, Dude, and then people yes. are like, "Oh, this guy's yeah, he's the best. He's gonna be the best." Like Julian Newman, or like, they just do this all the time with just like young players that are gonna be a phenom at their sport, and they kind of follow them along. There was there was this uh, one video. Sorry, Joe, I know you want to say something, but there was this one video I clicked on. It was called the volleyball sixteen year old volleyball prodigy or something, and he lived in Florida. And no disrespect to him. He was not a volleyball prodigy, but it was just labeled that. And volleyball, I'd seen nothing like it. Not the best video. I don't know who thought this kid was a volleyball prodigy or whatnot. He had a very supportive family. seemed like a loving family and everything like that. Nothing against the kid, nothing personal. Um, I don't think he panned out to be quite a prodigy, nor was he at the time. Um, but that's what I'm saying. They've seen – like remember when we went and we went to the club volleyball tournament and we just interviewed the top guys. It wasn't the greatest video, you know what I'm saying? It created this hype. Create okay. Create a hierarchy. Create a project. Create a brand around some kids. Like oh wait, that's who. And then you kind of get to know them. And then for example, like back in the day, Slam Magazine and all these other ones, Ball's Life, they go behind the scenes and they show the kids. And you don't need to get a crazy film crew to do this. If you're a club, you can go do this with your own players. A day in the life of blah blah. All this other stuff. I guarantee you, their peers will watch. All this stuff will watch. The cameras will follow them once that happens. And I think for example, if you're Nico, for example, he should have had behind the scenes uh, the Tennessee quarterback that played on Rockstar. He should have had plenty of videos made about him. But I think that's where we lack. In basketball, football, oh, that thing is done in a heartbeat like that. And they know. And you don't need this million-dollar camera. Just take a camera, just follow the guy around for a day. And that's all you have to do, create a brand around him. Mike, I'm actually interested in your opinion. So Gage is saying that. And what do you think about for families and kids who do not care about that at all? And... In today's world, like, what is your opinion on that or philosophy on that standpoint? I guess for the, for those families who come out and say like, yeah, we don't care about that a lot. Oh man, I respect I respect it a lot. Um, 
I think I don't know about you guys, but I think I wrestle with that a lot. I know yeah. Zana Zana wrestles with it a lot because even more so Here, in her job, their social media. So... Go for it. No, no, no. Sorry, finished. You cut out. I thought you were stopped. Oh no, no, no. Oh wow, my internet's bad even at home. Um, but her job kind of requires her to do it even more, and she has a tough time with it. Um, just with the image and just with social media in general. So I get what you're saying. I think I respect it. And you just have to know you're going to be in some ways a little bit less seen by everybody, which is fine because if you, if you're good and you actually have the talent and the capabilities and you're going to make it to where you want to make it. Um, and this is more of, I guess, a talk on how we can help the volleyball community as a whole with like raising eyes and awareness on it and the v- and the media behind it. It's not necessarily us suggesting to every and each player that this is what you need to do. Cause I don't want people to take it like that at all. It's just, this is what we're saying could help the volleyball community in some ways, but it's not on every kid to go and want to be the hype guy. And if you're not that, then, I respect the way that you go about your business and just try and train. And as long as you're the best guy on the court, you're going to make it. So that's also important. I'll I'll say this too, because I totally understand that viewpoint, but I want you to look at somebody like Tom Brady, Deion Sanders right now. Um, I'm trying to think of people, even Steph Curry and like people they who have, invested into the media recently and or the media side and content side of their brand all these people and what they understand i think you're seeing a lot of athletes start to come to understand athletics and professional athletics it's a entertainment sport it's an entertainment uh, industry industry correct uh thank you um and what you're realizing is all these athletes really realize that what they're doing is they are using their athletic abilities and their performance and everything to create a uh, way of paying for their life and and working pr- pretty much. And so they realize too is like if you have if you you know God forbid had a career ending injury or there's some reason you had to retire. There's something that occurred and stuff, and you hadn't you know built this whole brand up and create and kind of became like some sort of uh influencer of some type like what do you have once you're done playing sports at the end of the day like there's nothing you've built up to this point so you're starting to so you see a tom brady now where he has tb12 and he has all these other you know he has the brady brand this apparel brand now it's like he has all these other things and all these other assets that he's created through his athletic career and so a lot of high-level athletes who I would say are pretty in line with the people who's like, you know, I'm just kind of di- – I'm completely dialed in. I'm always fo- – I'm just focused on my craft. I I think it would be hard to argue that they're not that way at all. <laughs> um, but also they've realized that investing into that aspect uh, is an important part of today's professional athletic culture um, and also just capitalizing on it because if you don't, Somebody else is gonna capitalize on your on your image, um, and so and, and you see I think Michael Jordan somebody like obviously he has the Jordan brand and everything but there's been so much stuff that's you know produced from 
people who knew Jordan, all this stuff. And Tom Brady is somebody like everything that's come out that's been really in depth about him has come from his team of people. And he's really like he's uh really controlled the narrative of stuff coming out um from his end. And so that's why in today's day and age, I think it's so worthwhile for players and people to invest into content media in some degree in building that brand because it's just a part of like professional sports in today. Like it, it, that's just matter of fact. Um, I agree. You have to I think be it's comfortable a huge with it. Opportunity, and I think that the only thing that I would say also is that like if that's really not who you are and you're able to be successful and doing what makes you happy individually and you're good on that then also like i respect that as well i think that also there are downsides to it um where you can hear about all this type of stuff about social media and the influence it has on people and especially youth uh there's kind of a lot of data on it now the social not the social dilemma sorry i'm blanking on the name of the can you guys help me out it's on netflix is really it was about social media Oh, the, the social dilemma, is it not? No, it's not the social the dilemma. The social dilemma is the movie. Yeah, that's about... Oh, what is it? Anyways. No, yeah, you, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if that's just really not what you, I also have respect for people that have principles and that stand by their principles, and I think that they have a success in different ways. And I'm not saying that people that are doing social media don't have principles. I'm just saying if your principles happen to not line up with social media, or sometimes they do line up with social media, if they happen to not, then that's also good. And you can also reach a level of success and confidence in who you are and um, happiness and whatever the case that you're looking for outside of it. But like you said, I think it is a really useful tool. I think it's a huge opportunity for a lot of people to benefit from their abilities and kind of capitalize on that and then create more opportunities for themselves. But at the end of the day, I think it's got to be up to the person and if it fits with you, it does. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. I think my thoughts too align a lot with just like the American mindset in general. And like, like I I think it's difficult for a lot of professional players here in Europe, especially like being over here on the volleyball side, like they just, have not gotten the grasp of social media over here. Like just being pretty blunt about that at all levels. Like there's some clubs, you know, they have cool social medias and they have stuff going, but they like Gaita, it's just so far behind what you see it all other. But like I said that but in some ways I appreciate that. Like, I, I don't want to be devil's advocate all the time, but like a lot of things about Europe, but being behind America, I appreciate and like think that it you, also maintains some aspects of life that I I think are I miss. But it's a huge reason too why the budgets are so much lower than I'd rather have no, a higher I'm not only speaking financially, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure it it's it's helped a lot of people financially. But if you're looking at it from more of like it, a it just, all around perspective about every aspect of life, I think in some ways America is too far ahead. True, and I can understand that. And, it, like and the said, effect that it has on on like the whole environment, people's yeah. health. Like, bro, the mental health in America is nuts. It is it's not normal. People think that no it's, people. It's well, people been just normalized like grind, in grind, some grind. in some ways, yeah. but like 
the mental health in America in like Los Angeles of how many people are yeah are really well, struggling dude it's a lot it's a lot right but LA is just a toxic place yeah yeah but you what does LA do LA what is what is LA America. the center of a media you're right Influences. yeah so you're you think that just right. random it's art it's definitely art it, it's not just is, random bro you're right LA is definitely but people value different I think it's because they value different things with so social media the issue is is like what they value on social media is different I think I feel like if you reach, and what they get from it if you choose another place where it's the peak of another thing or the top of one thing you can find toxic stuff in that as well obviously social media is very prevalent right now in terms of like in terms of where Dude, right I'm, here right now just I get it yeah but like you're right it is LA you're right when it comes to social media there can be too much but in terms of what Joe and my point is trying to make is European clubs well, here's well here's a weird thing about pro pro teams the best TikToks on in the best social media isn't American sports believe it or not I think they're second the best is football is soccer European soccer have the best TikToks the best and the biggest following and whatnot and they produce the best content in my opinion but yet the volleyball teams and I'm sure other sports suffer from the same problem is that some clubs don't see the value in it and it's just and they get weird about it and they get really really weird about it and the good teams also in the good teams um, there's like a lot of big name teams that take it a little more serious but they also just don't put out very good content in general they just kind of try and go off their name um, and I think like Joe said, at the end of the day, it's a lot of the times it's the players who suffer, you know, it's like, like I said, I'd rather than really start taking TikTok seriously and me get paid a little, a little more money than, than, you know, than cherishing the old ways. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, clubs complain about the budgets. Oh, we want more budget and more money. I'm like, well, you're not investing into the right areas. Like that's a huge thing. Just thinking about the market of a club. They're so concerned about selling like physical uh, assets, like like a sign on the floor of a game that gets watched by 2,000, 3,000 people, or you create a social media account that is pretty easy to build around a professional team. You get a couple hundred thousand followers. It's like that's has way more value to companies than you know having their sign by the restroom or whatever in the arena and stuff. Like it's just, it's just the understanding of the assets and the types of deals and partnerships that are going on in Europe is just behind and and it's just lacking with like the media and the content side of things because like Gage said like we were we were listening to a bunch of different other podcasts this week and you just realize like, how much influence like these some of these pages have and the amount of visibility that you can get from creating you know a successful social media brand what is cool though is I see a lot more individual players in Europe Taking their own hands and making their own TikTok. Yeah, I think it's a mixture of boredom and just they see yeah. other, you know, other people doing it, which is good. Which is, which is yeah, it's, for it's sure inspiring in any way, shape, or form. Take it. And I say keep mentioning TikTok because it is the easiest way to put out content for sure, and is the easiest way to go more viral. And that's what the biggest app in the world in terms of media is. So it's it's cool seeing that. Also, Micah, anytime I see a, um, anytime I've seen. A, <laughs> <laughs> so we have two accounts. Make sure you check them out if you can't handle the heat and out of some official on TikTok. And um, uh, anytime I see like a Turkish volleyball player or a play or like, a Turkish volleyball account, um, I always comment in the video every single time, 10 times out of 10. I say, Micah is coming, dot, 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 <laughs> on both accounts. <laughs> like every single, I'll go in like all their videos. 
Um, just so they know, just so you know. So I'm putting the word out, Micah. Don't worry about that. I got you, bro. Um, Thank you. But yeah, no problem, bro. Um, but going back to it is like you see that all the top, all the teams that are the most profitable. I remember there's a list that came out a few years ago. The most profitable teams: Nebraska, Texas, Hawaii's up there, BYU's up there. Um, I'm sure Long Beach will be up there in no time. But those are the teams that built brands around their players as well. And each one of those players have a TikTok and whatnot and surrounding it. And uh, for Nebraska and Texas, they're making a lot of money. And NIL deals, they're making a crap ton of money off NIL deals. And you had that platform. It'll make you a lot of money. And I said, this is stuff that you can just do easily. You know, you start from, I don't know, starting when you're in high school. And then also, I want to give a shout out to Long Beach. Because men's volleyball is lacking. Girls volleyball obviously has more media and naturally does. You know, it's a more followed sport as it should be. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, I want to give a shout out to Long Beach Volleyball because um, uh, they actually started posting. They made everyone get pretty much get their account. They hired Holly. She, I want to give a shout out to her. She renovated, she renovated, innovated the game of men's volleyball in terms of, or men's college volleyball in terms of media. She goes to the practice. I think she's paid full, full-time paid. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, she goes to practice, shoots media. Each individual player has their own TikTok and, um, and they're growing and it's growing the Dude, sport. Dude, they're blowing now. up. Exactly. And it inspired Hawaii and inspired all these other players to start doing stuff. I think it's really cool. And, and, and a big shout out to them. I think they're the kings of it. And uh, Holly's a real MVP. Yeah, she, she worked with us a little bit too. Long like Beach. Chora. Yeah, yeah. Winning I, I, on I, and off the court. Yeah. I mean, yes, you know, Hawaii's going to say something about that in a few, in a few weeks here. But, you know, um, uh, but yeah, they've definitely uh, innovated the game and revolutionized it. And it's cool. It's really, really cool. Um, to wrap things up here, I had a few notes here. Um, Gage's notes segment. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote some good notes here. It's one thing. Really <laughs> good notes here. Gage's note pages. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually went through my notes pages and just deleted a bunch. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, oh, I, I can imagine. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, save for later. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the, the, no one needs to see this. <laughs> Um, I want to talk. I want to talk about Adsystem. I want to talk about us. You know, it is us, Adsystem boys, and kind of where we fit in. And we kind of have given our advice in terms of how everyone else can kind of change the face of volleyball within with these phones that we have in our hands right now. If you want to buy a camera, where can Adsystem fit in? You know, again, we listen to Mr. Beast and definitely revolutionary in everything that he does. But um, I think that. Adicism is a brand that, at the end of the day, is Joe, Micah, Gage, at heart, on the road, events, content. We're going on a year-round yeah, exactly. tour. No, no. And, and, and that's what it is. And, and I mean, by that, I mean that's the spirit of it. And I think that's something we got to keep. And I think that's something that the com- volleyball community hasn't seen uh, in terms of that is unhinged um, personality in volleyball. You know, everyone has their avenue in volleyball, from my opinion. Yet, for example, No Easy Buckets, they do a great job of really showing, displaying other people and uh, other people, for example, high school level and the pro level and the college level and all that's kind of going on. They encompass and they kind of wrap it up very digestibly. Is that a word? Very digestible? I don't think so. Um, I just, digestibly. Di- very digestibly that so that everyone kind of knows what's going on. They do a great job with that. You have Eric Shoji, also very educational as well. 
um, I wouldn't say he's at, as unhinged, but he got like does his breakdowns and whatnot. Does his really funny TikToks and whatnot. Um, but everyone kind of has their avenue, and I think that one avenue that Ad System will be exploring and Taylor Averill's pretty I, unhinged. Yeah, Taylor. Uh, Taylor. I think Taylor Averill maps our style, just that we kind of do. But other he also things. mixes he's, in he's a lot podcast. of educational things. Yeah, yeah. He's kind we, of a mix between. We're not so educational. I think that we ask people. That's why we're we're not so <laughs> we ask we ask the right questions and but we don't give the education to it. We just ask the questions. We're just the middlemen. You know, at the end of the day when it comes to the <laughs> podcast, we're the middlemen. Um and then occasionally, you know, a podcast will also by the way, I think every month we should have a podcast just us three rather just and just kind of talk about kind of whatever we're feeling because we have probably a lot of opinions on stuff that's kind of built up over a month. So we'll start having that. Um but no, um I think that I wanna kind of take out a system and as together and and i've been lacking this kind of innovating kind of different different types of content um, i'm not going to kind of say anything because i want to kind of keep on the dl but all i'm saying for for out of system eventually i kind of want to get to a point where like i said this is my dream in terms of out of system is obviously we're hosting events doing all this other stuff but it's getting me and you know, a couple other guys in the road and we just explore the pockets of volleyball and on all around the world that's some after hours. That's my favorite. But also, I think we got to kind of start doing more challenges and stuff like that. Joe's been getting on me. He's right about all this other stuff. <laughs> but this is just while we're on the subject of media. Might as well give a shout out to that. And just kind of a um, imagine how a three hundred sixty-five day just tour all. What if you're like five years, just nonstop tour? How unreal would that be? Well, we would. You, you know, eventually get. I would die you of get, diabetes. We eat so yeah. bad. We like <laughs> no. Well, we would have a nutritionist. Five nights call a, week, a week. We're eating dinner in the gas station. No, that's like all right. That was also because poorly planned out. Is well, not poorly planned out, but we had so much stuff in a small amount. We were on the clock, on the go. Twenty four. We were constantly seven. on the clock. <laughs> we were fly. We were flying on some random roads. I think one was. Well, also for yeah, for people that don't don't know, we we also missed some time changes, and that also yes. made our, our our timeline a little little yes. crunched because we didn't realize we had things going on at a little earlier than we had. Oh yeah, imagined. that's true. That's but, true. Well, we're geniuses, <laughs> and we're here, and we're here, and at heart, as long as that system is that we're at heart, geniuses. Exactly. Um, we're going to be Four. in a good spot. Well, good spot. three and a half. Three and a half, Jake. <laughs> beta Jake. Shout out to Beta Jake here. He's getting a real Shout job to beta this Jake. summer. He's beta being Jake. so beta. Oh, my he's God. He's going to be vice president of a sorority. He is a vice president of a sorority. Oh, oh fraternity. fraternity. I'm saying for sorority. <laughs> sorority. <laughs> One can dream. One can only dream, Joe. One can only dream. <laughs> I want to kind of wrap things up here. Just a little fun little segment. Unfortunately, it is on my job to be on TikTok a lot because I do run the accounts. I do make the content. Unfortunately? Um, yeah, it, it gets tiring at times. Mike is right. A lot of consumption, just kind of like, I don't know. You're just dead and you're just kind of dead inside at times. You're like, Oof. but you got to find new sounds. You got to find, first of all, TikTok. system has all the sounds on TikTok. I just want you guys to know that. We have all the sounds. We got all the sounds. I'm not even joking when I say that. Anyways. Um, but, all right, I'm joking. But uh, that means I come on a lot, of, and I study a lot of different other volleyball pages, and I take inspiration from non-volleyball pages. But I just kind of thought I'd like to kind of give a shout out to everyone, 
and uh, and some of my top volleyball uh, TikTokers in terms of counts. Mm. And these are only the ones I've come across. You know, I have an honorable mention list, just like we do with the shoes. I have an honorable mention list, and I'm my top five. And I'll give my reasons briefly for them. I won't take too long on this. Right. So, yeah. So, and I want you guys to see. Do you guys, I wonder if, maybe you guys don't know my name, but you might know them by their content. Maybe come across one or two of their videos. Top five volleyball TikTok accounts. Here is the top five volleyball TikTok account. Honorable mention. Number one. Well, actually, this is no order for the honorable mention. First up, we got Drew Allen. A hey. true fan of the game. Hey. True fan of the game. I know him. I, I know him. You know him. I know That's that guy. one you know. He posts a lot of grass content and a lot of stuff from his uh, from club volleyball at, uh, at his college. Hey, I know that guy. And, uh, and, and if you can't handle the heat, I comment every single one of his videos. Drew's favorite, biggest fans here. Two, we got pain-free volleyball. Pain-free volleyball. Let's go. He plays a lot of grass volleyball. He posts a lot of six-on-six six grass. I see. He uh, he kind of educates a lot of people in terms of like injury and whatnot and stuff they can do and kind of such his video. Pain-free. So exactly, he's pain-free. Nice. He well, apparently he's having knee problems, but usually he is pain-free. <laughs> so maybe he needs to change his name through. right now. <laughs> um, little pain. Little pain. <laughs> Kind of, kind of pain-free, <laughs> somewhat. Um, nothing but respect. And his friend, AJ Lewis, outside on Lindenwood. A lot of cool slow-mo stuff, bouncing balls, serving. Uh, just a big physical guy that you just like to see in slow motion, you know. Big shout to him. Amassing a really big following as well. I want to kind of give a club, I want to give a shout-out to the men's club volleyball scene as well. I want to give a shout-out to Purdue Club Men's Volleyball. Mm. I think they do the most innovative, creative club volleyball content out there, and they're actually really, really funny, so I want to give a peace and love and shout-out to them. Peace Last but not least, we got one of the guys who actually, one of the one of the people that actually went to um, uh, our camps in uh, North Carolina. And that are these all the honorable PJ. mentions? These are all honorable mentions. Jesus. Yeah, this is the last one. How many honorable mentions we giving given out here? Yeah, last this is one not here. how this works, bro. You don't yes, get to name every every TikTok, TikTok account. account. No, no, trust me. There's more. There was more. There was more. There's more. A last honorable mention is the PJ Kitty show to Iowa camp, uh, and he's got a lot of potential. We also played him in grass. Great content. Love the short court videos. Top. Here are my top five All right. volleyball TikTok Finally. accounts. All right, here we are. Here we are. Top five volleyball TikTok accounts. Number five, we have a friend of the show, and that is Eric Shoji. Eric Shoji, Ooh. huge account, 517,000 around there. That's Number low. Five. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because, yes, it is great content. I love his plays and stuff. Um, the other, the, the the relatability stuff is great. It's just not really as much for me. You know what I'm saying? I can relate to his uh, libero. Uh, 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 it's just not as much for me. This is me personally. He makes great, phenomenal content, by the way. That, that's what I'd say about that. Number four. Drum roll, please. PME volleyball, the biggest high schooler, take a the biggest high schooler, uh, high school volleyball TikTok account. He also reposts and sits in a lot of videos. I think he's bringing uh, great media PME. to the. Yeah, yeah, he's, he has four. He almost has five hundred thousand followers. Um, wow. He's doing great. Yeah, he's doing great stuff. Sits in our videos. Mad love to PME. Mad love. Number three, we are named her Holly, aka Hikatora for Long Beach volleyball. Holly does great. She shot one of our tournaments this summer, and uh, she, like I said, she's innovating the game of volleyball by posting and editing a lot of these great um, volleyball content for the college. The NCAA level. We need to we need to get her the Hawaii though. We got to get her away from gotta Long get, Beach. Yeah. No more Long Beach. <laughs> As we can see, we are not biased whatsoever on this podcast. Hey, UCLA <laughs> better be in there. We we have a good TikTok. I thought UCLA. 
You silly, it's not in here. Like I said, not every TikTok account's Whoa. in here. Not every TikTok account's in make here. make the list. Sorry about that, bro. Hey, go Bows. Hey, go oh, Bows. Hey, but I'll, tell you, is this. but I'll tell you who did it on this list, and that's a Hawaiian men's volleyball player, and that is the Kyoster, and they're coming in at number two right here. <laughs> Kyoster, shout out to Hawaiian men's volleyball. <laughs> with the slick, with the oh, slick, with the sick slow-mo, 75 mile per hour 76. serves. 76 mile per hour serves. He's bringing the heat on and off the court. Hawaii Men's Volleyball is on this list. I want to give a shout out. Again, we are How not about biased. Keone, bro? I do see him doing his thing online. 106, 100. Well, he has around 106,000. Good following. 106,000 he has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. He, he, he's doing his thing, bro. Keone, bro. He's in and, and, and his boy. Um, Kuki, um, represent. And I, I guarantee you. He and no. Tui, Cookie Man. 17th Ave, <laughs> represent, Working baby. <laughs> Working Cookie Man. In the Cookie Cave. <laughs> He's the literally cookie in the cave. cave, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's All what right. they call it. I'm serious. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I think out of my last one, he has the least amount of followers, but he is my absolute favorite in a serious way. And you guys won't know who this is. Um, Number one here. Drumroll. Thank you, Joe. My number one favorite volleyball TikToker is David Kiesel. Now... David Kiesel. D Kiesel. You know, you know Kiesel. D, bro. <laughs> Shout the out to Kiesel. The dirty D. The dirty Kiesel. The dirty. <laughs> the dirty D. Seen that guy right, forever. So, <laughs> no, I, I'm always on his TikTok. <laughs> Gage is stalking it. Dude, no, I'm talking about Micah. I am actually always on a TikTok. David Kiesel. He started when he was at GCU. He's a GCU opposite. I had some cool digs for him from him. Thank you, David. Um. And then he now plays professionally in Finland. And what he does, it, it's it, no one else is doing the TikTok account, TikTok content that he is. He's about 90 point something followers on TikTok. But he does these day in the life that are just so aesthetic. It's unbelievable. Well, he I always my, have so much ASMR. respect for those guys. I don't know how to be aesthetic at all. Bro, I'm going to I'm gonna send you a TikTok, bro. The most aesthetic volleyball thing you've ever seen in your life. Wow. I guarantee you. Exactly. He's, he's phenomenal. He's doing great. Um, if you guys, if you guys want to check these people out, I would check these people out. Um, great TikTok content. And yeah. like I said, if you're not on this list, please don't be offended. These are people who I've come across. Um, I have come across. You should be very offended. But you should also be very offended as well. <laughs> Game um, up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just kind of want to, like I said, I think everyone can do their part in the volleyball media. Whether you're a parent, whether you're a club director, whether you're a player trying to build your brand, or whether you're a professional volleyball team. Or NSA volleyball team. Like, Mike, repeat what you just said. Pick it up. Can you say that for me one time? Pick your game up. Pick your game up. That's all I got to say. Everyone does their part. We don't need ESPN. We don't need these multi-billion dollar industries coming in and saving the day. Guess what? You and me. We need an Elon. Exactly. No, we don't. No, we We're looking for an Elon. If you're out there. You are your own Elon. Remember that. You're your only Elon. You need Elon just to save volleyball. Please. We don't want to do anything. (laughs) We don't want to do any work. (laughs) We just want to beg. So need a here visionary. I am begging. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt to have a visionary, though. Well, yes. That's true. I don't think you That's need... why we have you, Joe. Uh, Gage. Well, you are the I'm not gonna lie, Micah. Elon of volleyball. Micah, I'm not going to lie. I've seen this day coming for a long time. Am I the Elon Musk of the volleyball world? Um, I yes. can't say for sure, but yes, probably. Probably. Uh, Multi-billion dollar. I am your Elon. So, just remember, you can't handle the heat. Goddamn kitchen. 
This has been another episode presented by Out of System.